Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground, and I'm Esther Averam. On this show, the third in our summer series featuring unheard voices of resistance from 2018, today is all about environmental justice. First, an exclusive interview with the elder Sarah James of the Gwich'in people, whose ancestral lands span Alaska and Canada. And we call that place, the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, we call that in our language. That means sacred place where the life begins. Not only for the caribou, not only for the kuchin, but for all life. And of all the scum included in last year's Republican massive tax cut for the rich, there was also tucked inside an approval to open up Anwar to oil exploration and drilling. This June, people from all over the United States came to D.C. and testified at the Bureau of Land Management. Now is the time when we need to be weaning ourselves off of all fossil fuels. We have to start saying no somewhere, and this is a perfect place to start saying no. All that and youth voices from Standing Rock coming up. This is Michelle Roberts, and I'm on the ground here in Washington, D.C., before what we are calling a big rally to protect our nation's Arctic. I'm here with a phenomenal leader and elder who we call in the environmental justice movement, our dear beloved Sarah James. Please share with us why you are here in Washington, D.C. today. Behalf of Kuchin Nation, behalf of Nets and Kuchin Tribal Government, I'm here today in Washington, D.C. And I'm honored to represent my people on this issue of development at the cabin ground of the Porcupine Caribou Birthplace, which is a coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. It's a very very safe and quiet and healthy and private place for the caribou cow to have their calves. And each and every living thing in this world, a human or animal, needs a quiet, clean, private, healthy place to have their young and prepare to have their young. And then nurse their young and then train their young to protect themselves and that's a place they want to do gas and oil development and this been a fight and the Kuchin Nation put a, a, a position on that back in 1988 it was like a rebirth of the nation between the whole Kuchin people there's 15 villages but there's a border between us Canadian U.S. border that separated us for 150 years, but we came back together in June 5 to 10 in Arctic Village. Arctic Village is located um, 110 miles northeast of Arctic Circle interior, and that's where I live. There's no roads, there's no running water, but we we do have a healthy river that's running water. <laughs> and so we still speak our language, we still hunt and fish, and we want to protect our way of life. The caribou, the porcupine caribou, migrate through our village. 
at least once a year or even more. And that's how we depend on that porcupine caribou as clothing even today. And arts and crafts and, uh, and tools and it's a t food on our table. 75% of our uh, meal that uh, we depend on is wild meat, which is caribou, doll sheep, moose, uh, small animals, birds, and ducks. And uh, that's how we live every day to day for thousands of years. And we call that place the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. We call that Ishikutsun Kuntai Kotlet in our language. Again, it's a Ishikutsun Kuntai Kotlet that means sacred place where the life begins. Not only for the caribou, not only for the kuchun, but for all life. Because there's about 150 different species of birds and ducks come in every year. Right now, they're up there. Caribous are up there right now. The cow and the bull, they're all up there to protect the birthing place so they can have a healthy calf. And there's a lot of predators up in the foothills raising their young, and eagle and uh, owl raising their young. So out in the coastal plain, that's where the caribou is at, mosquito-free. The food is there, and the, the calf get to run, so learn how to run. They train them to run so they can run away from predators. So once a mosquito come in, then they have to move on. And because even mosquito alone could, uh, you know, drain out a uh, new calf. So they have to move up to the higher up in the mountain. By that time, they have food there. So uh, that's what they do. And then after that, they start migratory route. And the, and, and like they always did. And they reach every 15 village of Kuchin people uh, to feed us. After we were Nets Aikuchen, we are still Nets Aikuchen, but once we got colonized into village life, now we got 15 villages, which, uh, you know, we have to live in two worlds. We have to live in our own way like we always did and keep our language and be on the land and take care of the land like our ancestors did and to continue to protect our land and protect our way of life and also have our kids go to higher education and so can live uh, that way in this world and uh, both culture. And we need to do that. We need that for everybody in the world because we're going to have to tell the truth to our children and, uh, and then go forward with these two cultures because we, we have good value. They have good value. We can combine that and go forward. We're not saying we're the only one that's been threatened. The whole world is being threatened. The whole uh, uh, public interest land is threatened. And we have work in a good way. And our elders told us to do it in a good way back in 1988 when they came back together after 150 years. The elders direct us to do it in a good way. They chose four from Canada and four from U.S. to represent them at political arena. And we did that in a good way with our supporter and with our neighbors and without 
with with our American uh, sister and brothers and and the other side, sister and brothers, we did that. We did everything that we asked by the government, and we did in a good way, in a kind way, and we share with our what we have, and we did everything right. But we, they still deny us. They still went ahead and passed a tax bill. It's in the tax bill right now, and hopefully the tax bill gets stalled and get thrown out because it's illegal and and they did it at middle of the night and they put the refuge in there Arctic National Wildlife Refuge which in a way of life and a, a lot of birds and uh, ducks and nesting ground and uh and the, the ocean and the source of water from just that hill on that uh, the mountain range to the coastal plain is very limited area. And once the oil spill, they said that they're going to do it in the winter time, but and and use the ice route. But there always a oil spill, and if that oil spill melt into the tundra, there's no technology in the world will pick it up and clean it up from the tundra and and the water going to be polluted in a small limited area where the animal needs that place to to give birth so we we could end. We sing the caribou song. We sing the caribou skin hut song. We sing the uh, raven uh, song to keep the earth clean, to keep our nation healthy, and to keep the caribou healthy. So we always start with uh, saying, hey, ha, hey. Hey, ha, hey. And we like to hear that at that rally today, if possible, from the whole crowd. It's very easy to say, hey, hey, ha, hey. Hey, ha, hey. Hey, ha, hey. Hey, ha, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, So that's Caribou Skin Hut Dance to welcome us to welcome you to Washington, D.C., to spill out your rights to the human rights versus corporation, uh, uh, corporation power, the wealth. And I think we have uh, uh, power as a people's powers. And this is uh, justice uh, that we need as a people. Wow, wow, wow. Hey ho hey. Yeah. Hey ho hey. Hey ho hey. So today we are here in Washington, D.C., standing with our brothers and sisters. And what do you need from us here in Washington, D.C., and beyond? What do you need from us to stand with you? We need letters. We need people at the rallies. We need, uh, you know, every item that comes in on the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, the uh, the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife under Congressional Trends, this Keno Two area, and the Kuchin Way of Life, and that's a Kuchin Way of Life, and the tribal. 
power that we have as sovereignty rights as a tribal member against the, our government. We have just as right uh, as just as uh, powerful as uh, and the other government. So that's we have to exercise that. And we always exercise that. We always live our tribal way of life and govern ourselves. And we ha they have to listen to us. We have, to, we have our own expertise. And we have to be at the same table with them on all decisions that's being made on Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and Kuchanu way of life. So... You, as a, a public interest land, you as American Native rights, and you as everyday pe people on the street, you have just as, as much stake in it like Gujin is. Because this is a public interest land, and it needs to be left alone and leave it the way the Creator made it. And that's that's what we wanted. We wanted a wilderness protection. To us, wilderness protection means leave it, leave it the way it is, the way the Creator made it, and leave it alone for the animal to have their birth, uh, you know, and, and nursing and training take place, take its own course, natural way. And it's a very small area we're talking about. And uh, this is a public interest land, so every American have a stake in it. Once they get into this area, they're going to get into any other place. There's some stories say there is no oil there. It's too close to the mountain. There's more gas and there is oil, or there is more uh, uh, shell shell rock, you know, uh, that uh, uh, rock that burns. Uh, there's more of that than uh, oil. Uh, if there is oil, it's way out in the ocean. So every place in the United States where is the refuge is a wetland where uh, 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 serengate with life. It's a place where the uh, birds and stuck uh, birds and ducks stop over and nest ground fish area and it's a, a land of plenty. All these refuges throughout the nation. It's going to open up when they uh, they open this one up. They're just using their political power to do this because they thought they were going to get in there with no problem. But we've been a problem to them to stop them, and we've been stopping them, and we're going to stop them from that. So you, the congressional people need phone calls, letters. You guys need to talk on the radio. You need to go to TV. You need to go and a newspaper. And it has to go to the Congress. They have to go through the Congress. Let's jam their uh, letter. Let's jam their uh, phone call. And we can't do it because we've done it before back in late uh, early and late 90s on uh, energy bill. So we can't do it again and filibuster it. At that time, we filibuster it. This time, we can't stall them. We can't stop them. And that's the kind of power we have as peoples. And um, so uh, it's been... Uh, 
injustice and we got to face uh, you know we they got to do uh, justice for us and and this is the way we can and make it happen us people we do have a people's power and thank you for all the support for last 30 years and this is not over yet and this is a most bad time because of sneaking it into a uh, uh, tax bill at night time and back door approach and not enough input from the public and that's how it got done so we're going to have to tell them uh, this is not right and we can stand together and get it done thank you that means thank you in a good and and way back in a bow and arrow day and we say hey ha hey hey ha hey together we have this this is Michelle Roberts and I am so privileged to be able to interview Sarah James this is on the ground this is the voice of resistance. Stand up with the First Nations and our people that have been living here for thousands of years. Stand up. We've been fighting for our freedom since the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria. Stand up. Like Geronimo, Sitting Bull, Red Cloud, Crazy Horse, Leonard Peltier. Stand up. Now they poisoning the waters for our sons and our daughters, so we on the frontier. We won. One nation, one cause, one people, one tribe. Now it's us against the pipeline. Get on your feet for Standing Rock and we'll show you how strong we could be when we unify. To all my native people, recognize and keep your Planet Earth, it's been spinning, we've been living and dying, but giving birth the first of many nations, celebrating them days when all that got made came after what got me. These days we cater to these internet memes, internet streams, it seems them streams aren't clean. We need the whole story seen, we're hassling before water has gasoline in it. Malcolm X moment, Martin Luther King with a dream and war boning, wounded knee plus Alcatraz doggone it, this is for the rock with prayers we stand on it. Oh yeah, we playing on it, the earth we camp on it, in a sweat lodge singing our songs with grandfather's heat rocks all in the spot, we splash on them with a beatbox from my boy be jam on it, said a prayer for the black snake killers, train on the front lines, they you're the realest, stand for your people, stand for your family, stand with standing rock, stand for humanity. Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mark Anthony Herrera, I'm from Miami, Florida. I am a senior political science major at Howard University. I am a proud Opongi, but you might know us as Seminole in the colonized tongue. I'm here today to tell you that I know firsthand about the effects of climate change in my community. You know, I live where you vacation, let's put it that way. 
and it's starting to become worse every year. We have more frequent hurricanes. Our coastlines are receding, which makes it harder for sea turtles to nest. And also, when it becomes high tide most of the time in South Beach, it basically floods, so it makes it difficult to walk. That's just one small aspect of climate change in my community. So I can only imagine what it's like up there. I know nothing about hunting caribou or being in the snow that much. And to be quite frank, I, I hate the snow. <laughs> but the thing is, as Native people, our land is our identity. You know, truth be told, if I reached into your pocket and stole your social security card and stole your license and used your identity to get what I wanted, I'd be going to jail or prison. This is the same principle. These people, they're connected to their land. And that's all they have and that's all they know. The caribou are their identity. The caribou are their social security card. For us, it's the Everglades. The swamps protected us for thousands and hundreds of years. Alligators are identity. The critters down back home are identity. So I ask you that you find it in your heart to let them keep their identity. You know, we, we've, for 500 years, we've been giving you guys so much. You live on stolen land. Let's just face it, you know? That's the thing, you know, what, what, what else do we have to give? You know, we're losing our language, we're losing our culture. We don't have anything else but our small pockets of refuge. So I ask you that you really think deeply about this decision you are making. You know, you might not ever go up there and talk to these people, but if you make the right decision, they'll always be up there. Thank you so much. Oil and gas development in the Arctic Refuge Coastal Plain would lead to colossal colonial violence on the Guichi Nation on both sides of the US-Canada border and ecocide on an incredible diversity of wildlife. And so far, the process by which this egregious act is being advanced by the government has been dishonest and undemocratic. My name is Shubhankar Banerjee. I am the Lanham Foundation Endowed Chair and Professor of Art and Ecology at the University of New Mexico. I have spent significant amount of time in the coastal plain and in the indigenous Guichin on Inupiat communities. Through my photographs, writing, lectures and interviews, I have shared the ecological and cultural richness of the coastal plain with the public across the United States and around the world over the past two decades. With Inupiat conservationist Robert Thompson, I traversed from COVID. I traversed up and down every river in the narrow coastal plain and witnessed it as a place that harbors a diversity of life year-round and where new life is born, not only during spring, summer, but also during the harsh winter months. The coastal plain is likely the most significant protected biological nursery in the circumpolar north and one of the most significant in the, on our planet that also connects to faraway places through migrations of birds and mammals. Protecting places where animals replenish their populations in the midst of six mass extinction that we find ourselves in ought to be among our highest ethical obligations. 
but instead the government is considering to turn this nursery into an oil field which will inevitably displace and disrupt wildlife and will lead to ill health and population decline. The indigenous Bwichin people of Northeast Alaska and Northwest Canada speak of the coastal plain as a nursery, the sacred place where life begins. In so doing, they connect science with spirituality and cultural traditions. They rely on the porcupine caribou herd for nutritional, cultural and spiritual sustenance have done so for millennia. To turn the caribou nursery into an oil field would violate human rights and jeopardize their food security. And based on the experience in Nuxin, particularly the important work of Inupiaq scholar and activist Rosemary Apongarwa, oil development of the coastal plain would have detrimental effects on the health and social life of the Inupiaq people who live nearby. To bring attention to these biological, cultural, and climate impacts of oil and gas development in the coastal plain, I recently organized with historian Fabius Dunaway a letter campaign called Scholars for Defending the Arctic Refuge, which has been endorsed by more than 500 scholars from nearly all 50 U.S. states and 20 countries spanning more than 40 academic disciplines. I urge the Department of Interior to listen to the concerns of the indigenous people, peoples, the American public, and scholars from around the world, and draw plans to allow oil and gas exploration and drilling in the coastal plain by adopting a no-action alternative on EIS, which I did not see on your slide earlier this afternoon. so much. Uh, my name is Lena Moffat and I am the Senior Director of the Sierra Club's Our Wild America campaign, which works to protect communities from the impacts of climate change and protect our public lands around the country. And I'm here on behalf of our 3.4 million members and supporters across the country to ask you not to open the Arctic to oil and gas drilling. As an activist who has spent my life working on climate change and working to support the solutions that really are out there and are ready, this is an unnecessary proposal. I want to talk about the climate impacts that would come with opening this pristine place to oil and gas drilling. It's evident to all of us in this room that climate change is taking an increasingly devastating toll on our entire country. This prospect poses an existential threat to the human species and to all species on the planet. Last year was the hottest year on record for the third year running. We are working with villages in Alaska that are literally falling into the sea because of sea level rise. And frankly, we should know better. Now is the time when we need to be weaning ourselves off of all fossil fuels, not opening up increasingly extreme sources of oil like those from the 1002 area in Alaska or the tar sands. We have to start saying no somewhere, and this is a perfect place to start saying no. And I would take issue with some of the prospects that, that the friends from the American Petroleum Institute and the oil and gas industry said that we have to do this, and this is the way that we advance our society going forward. In fact, we don't have to. The solutions are out there. Electric vehicles are making huge gains across the planet. China has committed to ending the sale of internal combustion engines by 2040. Do we want to be competitive in the economy of the future or do we want to be stuck to these technologies of the past that are wreaking havoc on our planet? And that alone should be enough for a logical society to say no to this proposal, which would, if the estimates are right, 
pull out billions of barrels of oil from under this pristine area and dump enough carbon into our atmosphere to equal 889 coal plants operating for a year by our analyst's estimate. That alone should be enough for us to say no to this. But what we've heard today and what we continue to hear from our partners at the Gwich'in Nation is that this prospect, this proposal, poses a very real and direct threat to their way of life, meaning that this is not just an environmental issue, this is a human rights issue. And honestly, it is just so disappointing that in 2018, we have to be here in America, in this wonderful country that we all love, begging for basic human rights to be respected. Frankly, that is shameful. And I say shame on Zinke, shame on Trump, shame on this administration for moving this proposal forward when really we should know better. So I ask you all to make the right choice, listen to the Gwich'in, listen to the American people. You still have a chance to do the right thing. People are watching. We're gonna take notice, we're gonna be in the streets, in the boardroom, in the courtroom, and in the voting booth. Thank you. I am Karen Shear from Fort Myers, Florida. Florida's rising sea levels are directly related to the melting of Arctic ice sheets and glaciers. This melting process would be accelerated by oil and gas drilling because of the resulting byproducts, methane and black carbon, two potent greenhouse gases. Black carbon settles on ice sheets or glaciers darkening the ground. This causes the surface to absorb solar energy that would otherwise be reflected back into space. As a result, glaciers melt at a much higher rate, increasing both sea levels and temperature of the ocean. Professor Hal Monless, department chair of the Department of Geological Sciences at the University of Miami states that there are two main reasons for rising sea levels, warming of ocean waters and ice melts. Drilling off the coastal plain would result in accelerated rise in sea levels Communities in South Florida are already budgeting millions of additional dollars into road infrastructure, which includes raising the height of the roads in South Florida. It also includes drainage improvement and actions to protect and maintain the aquifers that provide fresh water to the South Florida area. The environmental concerns of Florida are re reflected in a 2016 Nielsen survey. The Sunshine State, the biggest environmental problems that are facing Florida were water-related problems, 34% of the respondents, loss of natural lands for wildlife, 20%, and climate global warming, 18%. Together, these problems account for 72% of all responses. Citation rates of climate change and global warming were up 13%, and loss of natural lands were up 9% since the last survey. 5,200 Floridians signed a petition urging their members of Congress to do what they can to protect the Arctic refuge. It is also important to Florida that the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge be free of drilling. Thank you. I'm Paula Clements. I'm a cl trained climate reality leader. It's a volunteer position, and I've taken it upon myself to learn about the climate and the effects that human behavior is having on our planet. We are actually on the verge of a renewable energy revolution. 
Multiple studies and current facts show that renewables are outpacing both oil and gas. The current reserves of fossil fuels are abundant, and economic studies say that even those reserves are going to be considered stranded assets. We are not, we cannot afford to drill for more fossil fuels, and especially not in the fragile Arctic region, but not anywhere. Comments have been made today about providing jobs and economic growth for the Alaskan people. Jobs in the renewable energy field, solar and wind, are the fastest growing market in the United States. In fact, the number of people who are employed by renewables today drastically outnumbers those employed by oil and gas combined. Alaskan people can be trained to work in this renewable energy field without destroying the pristine, sacred Arctic refuge. In fact, saddling the Alaskan people with dirty fossil fuels is guaranteed to doom them to a dying future. The drilling in the Arctic regions cannot be done safely. Drilling and transportation have repeatedly caused spills <laughs> worldwide. Add to that the severe conditions, and it's a recipe for disaster. Now, industry is going to try to say that this modern technology is going to prevent that. And I submit to you the two pipelines that just exploded this week in West Virginia and in Kansas. The West Virginia pipeline had only been in use for less than six months, and it had been touted as state-of-the-art. Humanity cannot afford the extraction and burning of any more fossil fuels. Our planet is warming at an unprecedented rate. Unless we drastically cut our carbon emissions, we are locking our future generations into a life of hardship and misery. We all deserve a stable climate. So please stop this insanity. If you're just tuning in, you've just heard from some of those who came to D.C. from all over the United States in June 2018 to testify against drilling for oil or gas in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska. Before that was the elder Sarah James of the Gwich'in people, whose ancestral land spanned Canada and Alaska, including Anwar. This is On the Ground, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital on Pacifica Radio. I'm Esther Averam. Next up, Voices of Indigenous Youth from Standing Rock, speaking at the Youth Climate March held on the National Mall in the rain on July 21st, 2018. But first, more Stand and Rock with Taboo, Superman, and other artists. Stay with us. They call it a pipeline, but those on the front lines know that black snake was sent for us to grow, to shed the skin our ancestors pray, of wounds old and calloused, so that we may stay, so that we may unite, unity our tool. No weapons are found in this court of rule. Men becoming ki'ai, steadfast in their guard, protecting women's hearts as their song become roots, roots to cast out healing for all sentient beings, to honor sacred mother, heart forward we heal. The salmon will run, the mountain will breathe, the rivers will flow. The rainbow is here and prophecy tells us all generations will hear.
nations And our people that been living here for thousands of years Stand up We've been fighting for our freedom since the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria Stand up Like Geronimo, Sitting Bull, Red Cloud, Crazy Horse, Leonard Peltier Stand up Now they poisoning the waters for our sons and our daughters so we on the frontier We won One nation, one cause, one people, one tribe Now it's us against the pipeline Get on your feet for standing rock And we'll show you how strong we could be when we unify To all my native people Recognize yourself, keep your head up To all my tribal people Recognize yourself, keep your head up Planet Earth, it's been spinning, we've been living and dying, but giving birth the first of many nations, celebrating them days when all that got made came after what got made. These days we cater to these internet memes, internet streams, it seems them streams aren't clean. We need the whole story seen, we're hassling before water has gasoline in it. Malcolm X moment, Martin Luther King with a dream and war boning, wounded knee plus Alcatraz dog on it, this is for the rock with prayers we stand on it. Oh yeah, we playing on it, the earth we camp on it, in a sweat lodge singing our songs with grandfather's heat rocks all in the spot, we splashed on them with a beatbox from my boy B. Jam on it, said a prayer for the black snake killers, playing on the front lines, they you're the realest, stand for your people, stand for your family, stand with standing rock, stand for humanity. It takes a group of people who actually care about you know, Mother Earth and life and water being sacred and the land being sacred to say we stand up. To all my native people, recognize yourself, keep your head up. To all my tribal people, recognize yourself, keep your head up. Mini Wachoni, water is life. Mini Wachoni. Water, water is life. Water is life. Water is life. Water is life. I stand. I stand. I stand with standing rock. I stand with standing rock. I stand with standing rock. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I stand with standing rock. Stand up. Woke up with giant, we won't go quiet To all my tribal people Don't mistake our peace as we stand and fight To all my native people It's the calm before the storming, I can hear it coming To all my tribal people I'm ready for the battle when we ain't running Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up Stand up, stand up, stand up Stand History is on a sad repeat Is it liberty or we just acting free As our land depletes from these hands of greed See, fate is found, how we face the hounds Take a vow for these sacred grounds Make a sound that'll shake us out Say aloud, what can save us now? Uh, the next pipeline that's going to be coming is a Keystone Pipeline And we have, within two months, 
uh, before they start, you know, doing pre-construction, they actually released a letter to um, the Cheyenne River Sea Tribe and uh, saying that they were going to be doing, uh, uh, what was it, staging stations all along the route so that they'd be able to start, you know, pre-construction. Pre-construction just basically means they're going to start building the pipeline. Our chairman responded with, we'll be waiting. And after he responded, I was on my way to uh, Minneapolis when I was reading that, and I got to read the response, and man, I just felt so good inside. I was happy, I was smiling, I was like, damn, man, this guy has no fear. Um, and I also asked that, you know, that you guys go with that too, you know? Have no fear, be brave. Um, keep standing up and keep fighting for clean water. I think this is all I have to say. Uh, next up is Tokata Iron Eyes.
यम खुश हुई माचियापी यम वसाहा है माताहा वा पाला आवाची हेलो ऑल माय फ्रेंड्स एंड रिलेटिव्स आई ग्रीट यू विद अ हार्ट फेल हैंडशेक माय इंडियन नेम इज कमजानी वुमेन आई एम फ्रॉम स्टैंडिंग रॉक एंड आई लिव इन वापाला साउथ कोरिया दिस इज माय माय यंगेस्ट डॉटर आड्री एंड आई जस्ट वांट टू थैंक एवरीबॉडी फॉर कमिंग आउट इवन इन दिस रेन इट्स अ ब्यूटीफुल आई लव इट It's way nicer than the hot sun. <laughs> I really didn't know what to say, but I'm just really glad that all of us are aware of our of the climate change now. Some of these guys I ran here a couple years ago to DC. We led a 1,200 mile relay run from Standing Rock all the way over here. Um, that was our first time coming to Washington DC. We were trying to bring um, awareness to the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, when the, it's not if it's when the pipeline breaks, it'll only take five minutes to get into our water intake system in the Cannonball, North, North Dakota. It'll be ten minutes for four eights in an hour where I live, and all the way down the Missouri River. Um, I believe it's 18 million people that drink from the Missouri River. Sorry. <laughs> The Missouri River is one of the the largest water streams in America, and basically, whenever the pipeline breaks, it's gonna affect all of us. Is this like Tokara was saying? This isn't just an indigenous issue. This is a human issue. Just back to being a basic human being, and we need water. Water is essential for our everyday living. We need it to take baths. We need it to cook our food. We need it to survive. My daughter, my daughter, she wakes up in the morning and she asks the most simplest question, and that's for a cup of water. That's what she wants in the morning. And how I got involved with this was because I, I was thinking about what would I do if I wasn't able to give her a bath or cook her food with water or take her to the river when it's hot, because we basically live at the river at home. <laughs> And you know where we live, uh, the river is what our fun is. So that's where we are every day. Also, it it made me want to stand up for what all my ancestors have been through to be for me to be here today for my family and all my relatives back at home. Um, I also wanted to stand up for them for everything that they've been through a long time ago, and just for everybody in general. I feel like all these big corporations don't don't take our opinion in hand whenever they're making these decisions. It's mostly all about money. Also, uh, remember to divest in your banks because these banks are the ones that are funding these pipelines and all this fracking and everything that's going on around the world. Um, if you could get into a federal credit union, that would be awesome. Um, it's mostly like the big banks, like Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, all the big banks that are funding this. And if any of you came out to Standing Rock a couple years ago, I just want to say Wopila, thank you for standing with us. That was one of the biggest resistance for Indigenous people in over 150 years. So I'm glad to be a part of that history. And Keep standing up and water's life.
Hello everyone, Hamad uh, Dakyapi. My name is Danny Gasrup. I'm from the Kuchashoyate, MC Chandu Lakota, the Titua, the Chete Shakowi. I'd just like to thank everyone to come out here and support the movement, and thank you for being in the movement, because without you, this movement would not be possible. <clears throat> I'd like to give a shout out to the youth who stand out here to make these things happen. Thank you guys for providing a space for us. Right now, we're teaching everyone to break a cycle if you not know it. Right now we're actually breaking a cycle. This is the first time in a long time that the youth actually said, hey, we understand what's going on in our world and we need you to pay attention. So today let's be loud and clear to our political leadership that they do need to make a change. And that starts today. We can't wait no longer, any longer. I'd like to thank you guys and I really want you guys to really keep continuing to break cycles. Every single one of you that's out here. And it really starts with our schools. We go to school, all of us go to school, the youth go to school for a longer period of time than they are at home. We go home, we go to sleep, we go home, we go to eat, we go shower, we go relax. But until then we go to school from 8 to usually 4 or 4.30, right? And it's our time there to break this cycle. To say, to say history, if they want to teach history, to teach the right history of how this nation was, was established. And we not only need to learn you know, math and science, we also need to know how to take care of ourselves. We need more classes to help, teach us how plant stuff, teach us how to uh, control our finances, which finances is really the biggest thing. Trade, come on, we can we can make a trade, we can start breaking that cycle, make a new trade, and that does not involve money. That involves protecting the climate, protecting us, protecting our food, protecting our water, protecting our animals. We all, we all need these things to survive. It's the circle of life. It's common sense, which we all have. That's why we're all here. But... <laughs> Um, once again, I'd just like to thank all you guys for coming. You know, thank you all for supporting Sandrock, supporting everything. Thank you, you know, um, IEN. Thank you, Greenpeace. Thank you to the older generation that has created a platform, has created a pathway for us younger ones to continue to, to stand up for ourselves. So thank all of you guys for coming, and that's all I have to say for now. Respect our water! Respect our water! Respect our land! Respect our land! Honor our treaties! Thank you guys. So it's an honor for us to stand here, you know, as native people together. You know, there's a long time they spent trying to divide us, pull us apart, and we learned as we learned in struggle with other people of color and with other tribes that together we are stronger. When we are together, we are stronger. 
So that's what we learned, and that's why we're happy to stand together. Um, the next person I wanted to uh, introduce is um, an organizer with the Earth Guardians. He is a rapper, an activist, a teenage heartthrob. Everybody welcome, Shitesca. What's good, everybody? How y'all feeling? Good thanks for the rain, good thanks for the earth, good thanks for our people, good thanks for each and every one of you standing in solidarity here today with the younger generations. We stand here and walking in the footsteps of every great leader, of every great movement that come before us. We stand here in honor of the past generation that have sacrificed and struggled and fought so that we can have our voice today. We stand here in honor of future generations of those to follow that will inherit this planet long after we are gone. We stand here representing the youth that do not have a voice. My name is Shudeskat. I'm 18. I'm an MC. I'm a hip-hop artist. I'm a climate activist. And I'm a part of a, an incredible, be big, beautiful family that is our movement. I'm grateful to see, I want to give a shout out to all this girl, our youth who helped organize us to make this happen. I want to give thanks to, uh, to all the native youth here who come up and represent the native peoples of this land. I would like to, to really give a shout out to, to the indigenous ancestors of our land, my ancestors, the Mexica people. You know, we stand here at an absolutely crucial point in time where the political leaders in office fail to recognize their responsibility to defend our land and protect our people. Where they are at fault for a lot of the crisis we see in the world. And where we must recognize that the power in the world is not in the hands of the politicians, but it is in the hands of the people. That the power of the people is more powerful than the people in power. That we will not allow these next four years, we will not allow these next four generations to be defined by those in office. That so these are our times. And this is our time and this is our movement. And we're doing it our way. And that will do it for today's show. You've been listening to the third in our summer series featuring unheard voices of resistance from 2018. This show has been all about environmental justice. I want to thank Michelle Roberts for her interview with Sarah James and her reporting at June's Anwar hearing at the Bureau of Land Management. The music we played was Stand Up, Stand in Rock, Hashtag No Dapple. The main artist is Taboo, and other featured artists are Superman, Drezzas, Spencer, Battius, PJ Vegas, and MC1. The woman reciting poetry is actress Shailene Woodley. As always, our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. This is On the Ground, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital on Pacifica Radio. We will return with our regular programming on September 14th. You can always reach us and listen to complete versions of our shows on our website, onthegroundshow.org. If you are a listener and are on Facebook, please like our Facebook page, On The Ground Show. Our page has a picket sign with green letters that say On The Ground. On The Ground is also on Twitter, and we are on iTunes under the title WPFW On The Ground. I'm Esther Ivarum. Until next time, keep raising your voice. Peace.
Let's go.